Guys, what's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm going to say welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Black Financial Channel. This is theblackfinancialchannel.com. Today, we're going to talk about Elon Musk and Tesla. I just saw this really disturbing video about Tesla that uh, made me think that Elon Musk might be in some serious trouble. Uh, we're going to talk about Elon Musk and Tesla, why Tesla stock has been falling into the toilet. And uh, we're going to break some of that down for you. So get comfortable. Buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day. And the condition is that we are black first. Black first means we love black people. It does not mean that we hate white people or anybody else. It just means we love ourselves. Also, we care about our families. We care about our kids. We want our community to do well. We want our children to get ahead of the curve. Uh, we are teaching wealth and economics to each other and to our families. And as, the, as of this day, the Black Business School has helped over 10 million of our people learn to invest for the first time. If you agree with the B1 philosophy, if you agree that it's okay to be black first and for black people to love each other and to teach each other, put a B1 in the chat. Put a B1 in the chat. Also, uh, shout out the city that you're from. Let me know what city you're from. I see Justin's out of NYC. And uh, Dennis, much love to you. Hello, Sherelle. Good to see you. Uh, Pilfoy says, crypto, crypto, crypto. Yeah, we're talking about crypto for sure. Justin says, prime student here. Man, I hope, Justin, that you bought that stock, uh, Madrigal Pharmaceuticals. Uh, one of the students brought that stock to my attention in the Prime program, drboysprime.com. That's the URL if you, if you ever want to join us. And uh, and I looked at it, analyzed it uh, for the student, and I said, you know, this is such a good investment that I'm going to put my money into it. I invest where, where, I, you know, where I talk to you guys about investing. I don't just say, hey, go invest over there, and I'm not willing to put my own money where my mouth is. I invest with you. So I win with you, and I lose with you. And let me just tell you, Madrigal, Madrigal, Madrigal Pharmaceuticals, ticker symbol MDGL, uh, did something amazing. Uh, somebody hit me up, and they said, yeah, did you see the stock today? And I said, no. But I saw a lot of green in my bank account, and this stock literally went up about 250% in like a couple of days. It was it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I was super happy. And uh, But that's how pharmaceutical companies are. Pharmaceutical companies will, will jump on you like that. They have what is called a lot of jump risk. Jump risk is that risk that a stock is just going to do something insane and just go ballistic and just suddenly out of the blue, either go way, way up or way, way down. And, uh, and I'll show you, like, this is the stock right here. It's uh, Magical Pharmaceuticals. Uh, basically, I said, oh, I, I think I know what happened. It looks like they had a clinical trial, and the clinical trial was successful. And you can see right where that big jump is, that's where it happened. And this particular student that introduced me to the stock, I, he and his wife, I think, made a quarter million dollars on that one investment. So I was super happy for him. And uh, and, and you guys will know, right after I he, we talked about the stock, I sent you guys a text and said, I'm going to go buy some. I don't give investment advice. I don't tell you guys what to buy. I just tell you what I'm buying. And I did buy some shares. So my wife was giving me extra kisses on the cheek because uh, we made enough money literally to go out and buy a new Tesla. So uh, so congratulations to those of you that jumped in. Uh, there, there's a lot of other opportunities out there. And we're going to be on the hunt to find good investment opportunities. So feel free to join us. If you'd like to join us, we meet regularly. Go to drboysprime.com. Okay, so uh, let's hop in and let's talk about this. Speaking of Tesla, um, I don't know if anybody is a fan of Tesla. Uh, let me know how, do, how you feel about uh, Tesla stock. How do you feel about uh, Tesla as a company? How do you feel about Elon Musk? 
Do you like Elon Musk? Do you not like him? A lot of people feel that Musk is either, they either think he's a hero or a villain. They either think he's a bad guy or a good guy. Uh, excuse me, right now, Musk is in the middle of some pretty uh, substantial culture wars that exist in our society. Uh, he went out and bought Twitter, and now he went and banned everybody that was running Twitter and kicked them all out, fired a whole bunch of them. And he's going back and looking at all these um, these things that the media is just conveniently ignoring called the Twitter files. And the Twitter files is where he's basically showing how they did a lot of really interesting stuff that really comes off kind of shady. Uh, when Joe Biden's crackhead son was out, you know, getting in trouble and left his laptop at the at the uh, computer store, they conveniently uh, blocked all the articles that were reporting on Hunter Biden. And uh, and that offended me as a black man, because I know a lot of people who went to jail for drugs and uh, they didn't get nearly as deep in the crack pipe as Hunter Biden. So this idea that this kid was allowed to just kind of or this man, he's not a kid anymore, that he that it was sort of sort of swept over by the media. That right there tells me that that's a problem. I think that if he were uh, black or something, I think it'd be all over the place. But uh, anyway, this selective outrage has, has been interesting. I've, I've personally enjoyed watching you know, the transition as Musk has taken over Twitter. Um, I thought it was a hell of a power play. I thought it was an excellent poweronomics lesson for those of us in the black community. Elon Musk is a guy who used his wealth for power. Money is power. I need you all to understand that money is power. You know, a lot of times, we think that marching is power. We think that praying, uh, you know, to, to a black and white Jesus is power. We think that uh, that, you know, that holding hands and singing, we shall overcome is power. And maybe those things feel powerful, but that may not be as powerful as actually having the ability to write a check. Uh, one of the most uh, powerful things black people can do is is to learn how is to raise a whole generation of kids that know how to write a check. The easiest way in business, when I'm doing business, I have all kinds of people that come to me with, with 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 ideas for partnerships where they want me to put up all the money and take all the risk and then they'll share the profits. I have all kinds of people that come to me with all these great ideas that are going to change the whole black community. And I hear it all. I respect it all. And your idea might be that brilliant. But the best way to get anybody's attention is when you can write a check. When you can write a check for your idea, when you write a big check that says, I'm putting thousands of dollars of my money behind something I believe in, then guess what? You will get instant instant respect. You will get instant recognition. You will get instant validation from those who don't know uh, or aren't sure about what you're doing. So if I ever want to show, whenever I do business, this is a little business tip, a little Uncle Boyce game here. Whenever I'm doing business with people, when I want to show them that I'm serious, you know what I do? I write a check. I say, okay, here's here's money I'm putting into this as a good faith effort to show you that I'm not just somebody who's talking. Talk is cheap. Money, uh, money makes your talk valuable. Like put your money where your mouth is, and then the words coming out of your mouth have more meaning if you're willing to invest in yourself. That comes from a financial theory. There's a whole financial theory around that called the lemon theory. The lemon theory basically says, give me a yes in the chat if you know what I'm talking about, if you get what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, the lemon theory basically says that if you're not willing to invest in your idea, then I should not believe you uh nearly as much as I would if you are willing to invest in your idea. Seriously, it means that if you are telling me, oh, Dr. Boyce, I got this idea, it's so great, and it's, it's gonna go make a billion dollars, it's gonna be amazing. First thing I do is I start looking under the hood and I'm like, okay, how much have you put into this idea? How much? How many years have you been working? Have you dedicated your life to this project? Uh, how many? How much money have you put into this? Have you? Did you put your life savings, a half of it in, into your idea? Did you? What have you done to, to develop this before you came along and expected me to put my money up for something you ain't put no money up for? Right, seriously, that's what people do. That's what smart people do. 
Because it's easy for you to tell me, like, oh, Dr. Boyce, if you invest $50,000 in my idea, we can go take over the world. Well, I don't need I don't need another $50,000 investment. I don't need another place to write a check to. I, I've written many checks. I put my life on the line to accomplish what I accomplished. I put everything I had into the Black Business School. I have put uh, probably 50,000 hours of labor into building the Black Business School and 20,000 videos that have gotten about a billion views, literally a billion. We're approaching a billion with a B. I'm not kidding. So, so, so I don't, I've, I've already done that. I've been there, done that. I'm not, this is not a concept anymore. This is real. And I had to make it real when nobody else believed it was real. I could, you could talk all day about how great your idea is, but if you're not willing to invest in your idea, then people don't believe you and they should not believe you because you got to believe you before anybody else does. Give me a yes in chat or an amen to let me know if you understand where I'm coming from. If you get what I'm saying, that's a little bit of just, you know, financial information. There's a whole theory around that. There's whole entire research papers written about this lemon theory, which says that if you want to know if somebody believes in something, don't just listen to what they say. Look at what they do. Like if you tell me you love black women and you into black women and you support black women, well, I'm going to look at your wife. I'm going to be like, okay, well, if you love black women, why'd you, when you when it came time for you to make your biggest investment in your life, you married Becky. I, you know, so so that tells me there's a little bit of a contradiction here. It doesn't mean you're a bad person because you married a white woman. I'm not dogging. I'm not making fun of anybody who chooses that path. I have people in my family that have done that, so I have to be real careful about that. But it's like, don't tell me you all down, you down for the black community, you down for the black woman when you just, you when it came time for you to really show and prove and invest your life into another human being, you didn't pick a black woman. You know, so actions are different from words. You know, actions speak louder than words. I listen to your actions, not your words. Speaking of that, speaking of the limit theory, I'm going to bring Elon Musk back into the conversation. I know that was the topic of our podcast, but y'all know me. I got to go where my where the spirit tells me, and I'm not scared to do that because I know that the spirit usually sends me uh, into good places in terms of things I can share that will help you understand or, gain, or grow in your economic knowledge. With that said, do me a favor real quick. Could you please hit the thumbs up button? Thumbs up, share, subscribe. What's up on Instagram? My Instagram is the real voice Watkins. So feel free. Uh, if you like real conversations, join us at the real voice Watkins on Instagram. Also this podcast. Uh, if you look up the Dr. Boyce breakdown on Spotify or Apple, you can find the podcast there. You can listen, um, you know, while you're in your car, etc. Also, I got to warn you guys, there are fake voice walking scammers out here that have fake accounts that will message you even during my live streams. They'll come in and say, send me an inbox message or whatever. That's not me. I'm not telling you to inbox me. So please be careful. I don't want these people to take your money. That's why I have to warn you during our podcast. Okay, so let's keep let's get a crack in here. So we're talking about lemon theories and the idea that you can really get a sense of how serious somebody is by what they're actually doing, where they're investing their money, where they're investing their energy, where they're investing their life. Well, Elon Musk walks right into that conversation because one of the reasons that that Tesla stock has been plummeting. If you look, I'm going to show you guys a graph of Tesla stock. Tesla stock has literally just been like on fire in a bad way, like like you're like burned alive, like going into the trash can, like just a garbage crap stock lately. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to show you guys. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Hold on. I, I, I said I was going to pull up Tesla stock. Here we go. Let me let me let me pull up on my screen. I want to I want you all to see this. It's kind of it's kind of sad, actually, because Elon Musk is such a smart guy and I think he's a genius. But his stock right now is just um, is, is just doing terribly. Uh, and, 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 and the thing is, it's doing terrible in the terrible market. It stands out in the level of terribleness of what the stock has been doing. So here's the stock. Right. So here's uh, I hope you guys can see that in the chart. Give me a yes if you can see that. And you see that Tesla stock has dropped by about uh, 64 percent in the last year. That's pretty massive. In the last five days, it's gone down 21% in the last month. Yesterday, it went down 8 or 9%. 
the last month, it's gone down 31.58%. 31.58%. If Elon Musk did not own such a substantial percentage of the company, he'd probably be fired as the CEO. He literally, he would be fired. He wouldn't be in there. Now, again, speaking on the idea that money, money is power, uh, it is Elon Musk's ownership that protects his job. It is his ownership that protects his role. And this is important for you to understand as well, because a lot of us get it twisted. We we get mad. We'll say, oh, man, well, I'm black and I say this and I say that and I do this and do that. They fire you every time. But they fired me because I was too this and I was too that. And I get that. I understand that. I got, you know, when I was at Syracuse, they wanted to fire me. They didn't actually technically fire me. But let's I mean, they honestly, they were pushing me out. They didn't want me there. I they just they just gave me money because they knew I was going to sue their asses for racism. That's that's why the, the president made a negotiation with me and gave me a few hundred thousand dollars to like chill out. And I was cool with that. I was like, OK, thank you for the money. I'm going to go over here and work on my business. I'm going to take every penny you're giving me and I'm going to put it towards building something of my own where I can't be fired. And that's what I did. But, you know, but, but I, so I understand, I understand that when you get out of line, you get a little bit too black, uh, they're going to be looking to get rid of you. In case you don't know that, let me just be the first to tell you that white folks aren't quite used to the B1 philosophy. If you're really bad about it like that in a masterpiece style, they're not going to really be interested in keeping you around. Uh, you're going to probably have a hard time in most white institutions. It doesn't mean white people are all terrible people. I'm not into hating anybody. It just means that you live in America. You live in America. America is a country that is built on a type of racism that basically says that blackness is just not appreciated as much as whiteness is. And that's life. Right. But there are spaces where your blackness becomes an asset and not a liability. You just have to build those spaces. That's it. You just have to build those spaces. So 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 Musk uh, in building his own space, he's in a position where he can't be fired. You know, Tesla stock is going into the ground. I just showed you guys it dropped 64 percent. I think in the year in a year where the, the S&P maybe dropped maybe 20 percent, 25 percent, but it didn't drop 64 percent. So Tesla stock has gone from being a darling of Wall Street and an economic superstar to being just an absolute turd, just literally a turdy stock, crappy stock. Uh, a lot of people are dumping it. It's really getting bad. And the reason Musk has not been fired yet as CEO is because he owns such a big part of the company. Same thing with Twitter. He took a poll and said, I'm going to let you all vote as to whether or not I'll be the CEO. People voted him out. He put somebody in there, but y'all don't, don't for one second think Elon Musk is not calling the shots at Twitter. Elon Musk owns the company. The owner always trumps the CEO. The owner trumps the manager. If you are the manager at a Burger King and they give you keys to open up the store every day and they give you access to all the frozen hamburgers in the back, that does not mean you're the owner. You're still going to do what the owner tells you to do. If you are the babysitter and the nanny and you are spending more time with the kids than the mother does, uh, that does not make you the mama. That does not make you the parent of that child. You're still the nanny. You're still the babysitter. So black people, unfortunately, in this country, and this is one of the things I'm fighting against. This is one of the things we we are challenging in the in the black business school is this idea that we've been well trained to believe uh, that there's a lot of merit in being basically what I would refer to as economic nannies. We become economic nannies and caregivers and caretakers of institutions that are built by other people. And we take a lot of pride in that because there's there's validation that comes with that. There's money that comes with that. There's like, you know, you get patted on the head. That's a good boy. You did really good. You really, boy, without you, we, we couldn't have built this company the way we built it. Without you, without you, Deion Sanders, University of Colorado can't be great. Again, without without you coming in here, it's prime time and you, you're making Colorado great again, right? Now, now so, so and, and I know I, I bring that up and people are like, oh, you're poking at Deion. I'm not, I'm not poking at Deion. I'm just saying that there's a difference between 
uh, you know, building something that's yours versus building something that belongs to somebody else, even if they paid you well. If you get paid well, you're kind of like a hired gun, hired soldier, uh, or you're a caretaker of the resources that are owned and controlled by somebody else, which is very different from being a caretaker of resources that are owned by you. So I want your children to make sure they know the difference so they don't think that because I put all this energy into someone else's business, that that's, that's something that's going to necessarily amount to a legacy that's going to be mine. It's not going to be your legacy. They might give you credit. They might you know, I'm sure, for example, let's use Deion Sanders as an example. Uh, he, I think he's going to be a great coach because he is good. He's, 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 he's very good. You know, and I think, that, you know, when he wins a, a bunch of games, maybe wins a championship or two, they might put They'll put his picture up somewhere. They'll maybe put him in the Colorado Hall of Fame. They'll put it, maybe even give him a statue. But that doesn't make that institution his. Right. That, that's a, there's still another level that some of us can go to. And I want to encourage you to always know that there's another level of control. Elon Musk is at that level. Elon Musk is at that level of Twitter. Elon Musk is at that level of Tesla. And you might love him or hate him, but no matter, no matter how much you hate him, you can't you can't unmake him as one of the richest human beings on the planet. You can't make him broke. You can't make him unpowerful. You can't make him uh, uninfluential. You can't cancel somebody that has that much economic weight. When you get that level of economic weight, as long as you know you don't, you stay out of jail or whatever, right? Uh, when you get that level of economic weight, you effectively become uncancelable. You become uh, you're not a planet anymore. You become the center of the galaxy. You become a black hole. You become the sun. You become something that's so powerful that people revolve around you, and you don't have to revolve around anybody. You can move in whatever direction you want. In our solar system, the sun ain't gotta respond to what the planets are, are doing. The sun can moves all throughout. The, the Milky Way galaxy, and we follow, the planets follow the sun around the Milky Way galaxy. The sun just does what it wants. The sun it doesn't have to do anything. The sun just sits there and shines. And that's power. That's power. The gravitational power of the sun carries all the planets with him. So wherever a musk goes, people will follow. The minions will follow. His lovers will follow him. His haters will follow him. That's what real power looks like. you know. And I want your kids to understand this so that one day they'll grow up and say, you know what? I want to be the sun. You know, I want to be that dude. I want to be that lady. I want to be the queen of all things. I want to have something. I want to have something where I'm just so good at what I do that all my haters are just sitting there anticipating my next move. You know, and that's something that I think is um, is something that we're not quite used to because we kind of live in a space where we're trained to be very reactionary. We react to what powerful people do instead of doing what powerful people do. A powerful person just does their thing. They're not necessarily doing their thing in response to what other people are doing unless they're responding to a more powerful person. OK, so anyway, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. Also, uh, by the way, uh, there's a free training on how to get uh, how to create a family investment club. Investment clubs are a great way to build wealth with your family. Uh, feel free to go to my website, boycewalkins.com. It's a free training. If you scroll down, uh, there's a free training on how to build a family investment club. And also, um, I, I, I got to mention, uh, I do have a new book out. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. And so if you'd like to get a copy of that book, it's actually available on Amazon and it's built around uh, key principles that any family can follow to build a wealth a legacy that's going to last for hundreds of years. Uh, and uh, so the Jewish community, they have rules of business that they've been using for thousands of years. Uh, you see other communities uh, with their sort of rules and and, 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 and sort of uh, codes of conduct. Well, this is, this is uh, presented as a code of conduct that I think 
If you follow these basic rules in terms of uh, strength, accountability, economic intelligence, it'll make a huge difference in your family. So feel free to get a copy. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's right there on Amazon, or you can get it on my website uh, at drboycebooks.com. It's totally up to you. All right. So uh, so with that said, um, a couple of things about Elon. So where Elon is in trouble, I'm going to show you guys a video. Now, if you're on, if you're on um, Instagram, you won't see the video, so you can go to drboystv.com if you'd like to see it. But uh, I'd like, to, and I, but I can describe what's in it. So I want you to check out this video. This video was done on Twitter, or it was presented on Twitter by some guy named Dan O'Dowd. And Dan O'Dowd, I think Dan O'Dowd might be a reporter or something. Uh, he, I think he's with he's the Green Hill Software CEO and founder of the Dawn Project, and he's running a campaign to make computers safe for humanity and ban Tesla full self driving okay so uh it sounds like he he doesn't like elon musk he's got a blue check mark um a decent number of followers and i know that there's been a lot of anger toward musk for banning uh journalists from twitter which he can do i guess because he owns it um and apparently there's an ad that was put out that by this guy um to kind of make his point and so i'm going to show you guys this video and it is kind of disturbing and i'm going to be honest with you let, let me show you this video and he basically says that Tesla's full self-driving mode is not safe, that literally it runs over little kids. So let me just play the video and I'm gonna stop yapping for a minute so y'all can see it. So here we go. What do you think Elon Musk's full self-driving Tesla will do when there's a child in a crosswalk? It runs the child down. We ran the test again. Watch the onboard footage. The test was conducted on a real street with a real crosswalk outside a school in Santa Barbara, California. There were no cones, there was room to swerve, and you can clearly see the accelerator. Full self-driving mode is engaged, the accelerator is not pressed, and the Tesla's display does not register the child. The Tesla runs down the child-sized mannequin. Okay, so um, did you see the video? Give me a yes if you saw the video. Um, basically, in case you didn't see it, I'll describe it for you. It, uh, it shows uh, Tesla self-driving cars <laughs> in the self-driving mode, and it basically ran over a little kid. Like it ran, it just it had, but it wasn't a real kid. It was like a like a cardboard cutout of a little kid walking across the street. And the Tesla in self-driving mode did not register the little child. It didn't register the kid, and it literally ran over. The little kid like in the street and uh, and some people think that perhaps this could be the reason why tesla stock dropped another nine percent yesterday um and i don't know what the details are you know i told my son he's a he's a big believer in tesla and um you know i'm his bonus dad by the way he's like six foot seven so i, I can't make kids that tall but he's got a great father his father's a great guy we work together to raise him and uh, and he loves teslas and he loves cars and, and we and he loves technology so we um, were talking about it and he had a lot of explanations and he said, yeah, well, you know, it's just a cardboard cutout and there's it's still in beta mode and all that. I get it. But I think that there are actually companies that have made self-driving cars that actually work. I think that there are robo taxis and stuff like that in different cities. And so I'd be really curious to see how far ahead of the rest of the world Tesla actually is. Um, and let me tell you a story. Um, when I was speaking at this conference in Arizona last week, it's called Women Doing It Big. And uh, and I was on my way. The, 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 There's a guy that picked me up and he picked me up as a uh, 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 at the airport and he was driving a Rivian. He was driving a green Rivian car, which is another type of electrical electric vehicle. And we were just talking about it. And I was asking questions because my wife wants to get an electric car. And uh, and it's funny because 
uh, a couple years ago, my wife and I, when we talked about getting an electric vehicle, we talked about getting a Tesla. Now she doesn't want a Tesla anymore. She wants an electric Mercedes. And uh, and so um, so I, I, I talked to him about it. And it was interesting because we were kind of on the same wavelength where uh, there was a time where Tesla was the first brand that you talked about when it came to electric vehicles. That was the thing everybody sort of referenced. And now all these other companies are coming out with electric cars that are pretty damn good. And so in this car, this guy told me, he said, I had three Teslas. He said, I've had three Teslas. That's a super fan. When, when you, he's, so he's literally spent almost a quarter million dollars on different Teslas through the years. And I said, well, what happened? What made you leave? That's a big testimonial when you have someone that is a loyal customer who switches over and, and starts doing something else. And he just said he liked the Rivian better. He said he just, you know, he said, I just decided to go in a different direction. And and he mentioned some reasons why he liked the Rivian. But that really got my attention. You got to pay attention when you have those loyal customers who say, yeah, I think I'm going to do something else now. That usually means they have options that they consider to be equivalent or superior to the previous option. And, uh, and I wonder if Tesla is losing its swag. I wonder if Tesla is losing. And this is interesting to me because... One of the reasons, one of the strengths, the strong points that Elon carries, one of the ways he's able to have hater repellent and you can't cancel him is because of his economic power built mostly through Tesla. Now, he's got SpaceX for sure. He's got, um, you know, some other he owns Twitter now for sure. That's kind of a work in progress. But Tesla's kind of his bread and butter. When he bought uh, Twitter, Elon had to go sell some of his Tesla shares to be able to finance the deal with Twitter. He, he put some of his Tesla shares up as collateral to get the funding he needed to go buy Twitter. And now that Tesla shares are dropping in value, uh, I wonder what kind of an economic threat that is uh, for Musk, because when you're, when the value of your collateral starts to drop, you start getting margin calls from the bank. The bank starts asking you to pump out some more cash and stuff like that. And so, um, so the other day, if you guys were watching on the channel, I actually mentioned even before this video came out, uh, questioning the safety of their cars, uh, and and I, I I really think Elon's enemies are really enjoying this because they're realizing that Elon's strength is is his uh, position with Tesla and the fact that his technology is so far ahead of everybody else. And I see them now saying, okay, let's if we cut him off in that area, if we get the Tesla fans to stop believing in Elon then that's our way to take away his power. And I know, is it going to work? I have no idea. Um, I still think Elon's smart. I, I like what he's doing with Twitter because I'm a believer in free speech. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think this could be a real threat. And the other day I mentioned to you guys why I personally had decided I'm going to sell my shares of Tesla, which I already did. And I'm going to start short selling the stock. I'm going to buy some put options. I'm going to sell some call options. I'm going to do a lot of things that basically indicate a bearish position on Tesla even with the price drop uh, that we've seen to this point. And a few reasons are, one, I think that uh, Musk is a little too distracted. I, I agree with that. A lot of shareholders are upset. They're suing him because they feel like with this Twitter stuff and all the political stuff, it's just getting to be too much of a distraction. Uh, you need to focus on the company that's falling apart in front of you or not falling apart when the stock price is falling apart. And uh, it's, it's almost like somebody out who's out saving the world but their own kids are, you know, getting arrested and getting hooked on drugs and killing people because you're not spending time being a good parent. But you're out here like taking care of all the kids in the neighborhood except for your own. So a lot of people would say, get your butt back home and take care of your kids. So a lot of Elon Musk shareholders are basically saying that, look, dude, your stock price is plummeting and you're out here trying to go conquer the world. Well, you need to go conquer Tesla first. 
Uh, number two, there are big problems in China uh, right now. Was the, they ended the zero COVID policy, which a lot of people felt like they needed to do. There was a you know risk of a major uprising in China, uh, and now they're feeling the effects of ending the zero COVID policy. They're literally getting like a new a million new COVID cases uh, per day. I think something in ridiculously insane. Uh, uh, there, I think uh, five thousand people a day are dying from uh, COVID in China because they, I guess their immune system didn't build up the way ours did. You know, honestly, it, it, as much as you might get mad at people that didn't want to wear masks or didn't want to get the jab, um, there is kind of a herd immunity that's developed in the United States. I think that the herd immunity means that yeah, some people are still going to be affected. Uh, you know, the virus is still going to be out there, but uh, Americans are a little bit more immune. Uh, than we would have been otherwise. And again, I'm not telling you what your position should be one way or the other. I know some of you got the, the jab, some of you didn't. I don't judge you either way. I just want you to have full information so you can make the decision that works best for you. So uh, so China is having some big problems. And in fact, Elon Musk is actually offering discounts on his Teslas right now. And people are not buying based on the discounts. The discounts are not working. So this tells me, I think that at least in terms of perception. Now, Reality may differ from perception, but I believe in terms of perception that a lot of companies have caught up with Tesla. And I kind of knew that they were going to do that. I kind of felt like you can't be ahead of all the other automobile manufacturers in such a dramatic way and not him have them coming for that ass. Like I really felt like they were going to be sitting in the lab figuring out how do we catch up with this guy? This guy can't be smarter than all of our best engineers. Um, a lot of Elon Musk's appeal comes from the, the public charisma and everything else. Uh, that creates a lot of risk in Tesla stock, by the way. They have a lot of what they call key man risk. So if something were to happen to Elon Musk, if he were to become unpopular, if he were to die by slipping in the shower, or he were to get locked up or something, uh, that would actually plummet Tesla stock even further. So you got to be real careful with that. Um, I think also, uh, here's the other thing that was really interesting. Uh, is there's a lot of brand damage that's coming with Musk. Now he's in the middle of the culture wars. So he's standing strong for what he believes in. I respect anybody that stands for what they believe in, even if they disagree with me. But the downside is that you, you have a scenario where <clears throat> half the country hates you. So half the country kind of hates Elon Musk right now because he's not a liberal or a Democrat. And I wonder how that's going to affect the purchase of Teslas. I mean, if I'm a raging liberal, I don't think I'd want to put money in the pocket of a guy that I felt was just bad for the country. Right. I'm not a raging liberal. Um, I'm probably more in the middle. You know, I'm, I'm liberal in some areas. I'm conservative in others, you know, uh, and uh, and I think that that's OK. I think that means I'm being black because I think black people are kind of like that. I think that we have some areas where we're very liberal, maybe on criminal justice. Like we know how bad the cops can be and stuff like that. Uh, we know about equality. We understand that a little bit better than other people because a lot of us came out of the gutter financially. But then at the same time, <clears throat> we also value things like family structure and stuff like that, which which ends up leaning on the more conservative side. Also, I saw a lot of you were resistant to following along with Big Pharma or believing the government when it came time to how to deal, uh, figure out how to deal with the pandemic. So, uh, so, so Musk is having a lot of brand damage. That thing's going to really affect him. It's going to catch up with him. And last but not least, this is really important: is even Elon Musk is selling his own stock. You know, he keeps promising that he's not going to sell any more Tesla shares, but he's broken that promise before. And uh, and I don't believe him. I believe that he's going to get <clears throat> he's going to have some more financial challenges. They're going to require him to sell some more Tesla stock. Uh, he's already publicly stated the obvious. He already told you all many times that he thought the stock price was overvalued. I admired that because he was being honest. Most CEOs are not that honest with you. He flat out told you. 
that you were paying too much for the stock, that the stock isn't worth what the market is paying for it. So why would you not listen to the person who understands Tesla better than anybody? Right. If you tell me that you are not worth what you what I claim that you're worth, then why would I continuously believe uh, something that is in complete contradiction to what you say about yourself? So Tesla stock has been overpriced for a long time. Maybe now it's accurately priced, you know, based on uh, the adjustments that have occurred since then. But uh, I would just say, you know, when he when he says don't buy my stock, it's overpriced. Well, maybe you should listen to him. So I think Elon Musk could be in trouble. I really do. I think that that video, that video got my attention. I see this going viral online. I'll play it again for you guys to see it. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. Also, please hit the notification bell if you haven't done that. And uh, and and just uh, I like because I like to give you guys free stuff that you can take a look at. If you go to boyswalkins.com, uh, there's not just a free training on how to start a family investment club, but also uh, at drboyscrypto.com, you can actually see a list of the cryptocurrencies that I currently own. I haven't sold them uh, even with the crypto winter. I, they're just I, you know I'm hibernating my crypto for the winter because I believe the crypto winter is going to end. I think now is the best time. If you if you are a believer in crypto, now if you don't believe in crypto, then go buy something else. But if you are a believer in crypto, you don't want to wait until everything becomes popular and pricey. What you do is you go. It's like gentrification. You don't benefit from gentrification when you buy the property after the price goes up. You benefit from gentrification when you buy it when nobody wants it, when it's a fixer upper. You know. So right now, crypto is a big fixer upper. I believe that the government's going to start regulating crypto more effectively. I also believe that that's going to lead to price increases over time because uh, safety and security and reducing risk automatically increases the value of a financial asset. So crypto, especially stuff like Bitcoin, has actually Bitcoin has shown tremendous resilience during the crypto winter. I've been really impressed with the fact that Bitcoin has maintained the price above sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars a coin. Uh, five, six years ago, that was nearly impossible to do. Now Bitcoin's holding strong. So if Bitcoin can hold a price of sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars a coin at a time where crypto has literally taken the most brand damage that it's ever taken, literally lost more credibility than it's ever lost, then imagine what Bitcoin's going to do when everybody feels safe again and they have trust and faith in crypto again. And believe me, the banks are coming back. They're not going to be they're gone forever. The institutional investors are going to start pumping their big money into crypto. Prices will go up for certain cryptos and you want to be there before the fact. I don't recommend jumping in or better. This is not investment advice, but I'm not trying to jump in after the prices go up. OK, so drboyscrypto.com. You can see the crypto that I own. Uh, feel free to do that. All right. So uh, let me show you guys this video one more time in case you just came in. This is a video of, of a guy that wanted to show that Tesla's like will get you killed or something. So he's got the Tesla in self-driving mode. So let me show you the video real quick. What do you think Elon Musk's full self-driving Tesla will do when there's a child in a crosswalk? It runs the child down. We ran the test again. Watch the onboard footage. The test was conducted on a real street with a real crosswalk outside a school in Santa Barbara, California. There were no cones, there was room to swerve, and you can clearly see the accelerator. Full self-driving mode is engaged, the accelerator is not pressed, and the Tesla's display does not register the child. The Tesla runs down the child-sized mannequin. Okay, so um, <laughs> that's the narrative now. Uh, Teslas kill people. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, you know, I think that with, with self-driving cars, though, honestly, I think it's kind of a yin and yang situation where, you know, um, people are going to die with self-driving cars. Things are going to happen. Now, if you're on Instagram, you didn't see the video because I can't play it on Instagram. But if you want to see it, just go to uh, drboystv.com. You can check it out there. 
But um, but but I can tell you what was in it. Basically, it was a video of a self-driving Tesla running over a little kid. And uh, and here's the thing: I feel like um, self-driving cars are gonna come with risks that are unique uh, to self-driving cars. Right? It's it's gonna it's not gonna be perfect, you know. And and this idea that it has to be more perfect than any other technology, any other driving technology that we've had to this point, it's kind of silly. I mean, if you want to talk about how how many people get run over by self-driving cars, why don't we talk about how many people get run over by humans? What do you think? Which do you think is a higher number? The number of people that are run over by humans or the number of people that are being run over by self-driving cars? Which number do you think is higher? You know, and so this idea that we're comparing self-driving technology to the standard of perfection is absolutely ridiculous. Just because it's AI and everything else that scares us, that doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Somebody, a lot of people are going to, thousands of people are going to die <laughs> in self-driving vehicles. Just like thousands of people have died on airplanes, thousands of people died in trains, thousands of people are die on the road every single year. So rather than comparing self-driving cars to perfection in a zero death policy, how about we compare self-driving cars to human beings? Now, I don't know the specific data. I, I have not looked into the research in extreme detail. But one thing I do recall reading is that the number of people that get hurt with self-driving call, cars is dramatically lower than what you get with, with cars being driven by human beings. And, and that's my criteria right there. You know, I, I think it's good. I think it's it's going to be a better world, you know. And, and I think one of the things that keeps us from being able to innovate in the United States is that we get so damn scared of taking a chance that we need things to be perfect before we can move forward. And, and it's just not going to be that way. If you look at the, did you all know that when NASA first started building rockets to go into space, half of the rockets blew up on takeoff? Did y'all know that? How many of y'all knew that? Half the rockets exploded, you know? And so, and, and, and shout out to NASA, the old NASA and the new NASA. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't know how it takes you 50 years to go back to the moon. That's some, that's super lame to me. That's very weird to me, but the old NASA, shout out to them, because whenever a rocket blew up, they would just go back to the drawing board, investigate what happened, and there would always be some brave souls that were willing to get back on the next rocket to see if it's going to work. And that's what innovation looks like. And that really actually even reflects what I want to share with you guys when it comes to building in the Black community. When it comes to building wealth in our community, when it comes to building institutions that are going to last, when it comes to leveling up our people, you got to accept the fact that sometimes your rocket is going to blow up. You have to accept the fact that some things that you put your energy into are not going to succeed. You you know, don't go clown your cousin just because they quit their job to start a business. They ended up going down. Businesses fail all the time. You know, instead, why don't you applaud your cousin for trying? You know, applaud them for going out and, and learning something and exploring something that's different from what everybody else is doing. Just say, OK, you know, because it didn't work out, but you learned a lot. I bet you learned a lot. Right. And I think that's the, the, the that's really I'm, I'm not kidding. If you're talking about building an entrepreneurial culture, it must come with some ability to take calculated risk without being afraid. Seriously, like I, I, I saw in the chat that there's this great actor that I that I know. My wife knew him a long time ago named Chester Gregory. I saw Chester in the chat. And I bet you Chester will, will, will confirm to me that being the great actor that he is, he's extremely successful. He's really good at what he does. It 
requires the ability to courageously confront risk and know that sometimes the thing you try to do is going to fail miserably, almost at a level of embarrassment. Comedians understand that. They know what it's like to tell a joke that just falls completely flat. But what makes them great? The great ones is that they keep on going. They keep on trying. You know, you got to keep innovating. And people who think like that, they tend to have more wealth than other people. They, they tend to have a more fulfilling life than other people. They tend to have more success than other people. So just understand that you'll never be great if you're always scared. If you operate in a in a the prison of fear in what you do with your life, then you'll probably never even reach a fraction of your potential because the way the universe works is that God doesn't give the greatest success to the people who don't try the hardest and don't put the most on the line. He just doesn't. He gives you baby level success because you're taking baby risks. I want you to take some big boy risks, some big girl risks. Don't put it all on the line. Don't be stupid, but go out there, jump in that fire and see what's going to happen. And, and, and just know that no matter what happens, there's always a lesson. There's always something in there that's going to make you better. Right. So how you view risk and how you approach it is everything in terms of how you shape the economic culture in your family. So train your kids to take chances and always think about ways you can respond when those uh, when those risks don't work out the way you expected them to. If you do that, then your child will be OK with taking chances, failing of several times. And then but what's going to happen is they're going to have that one success. that's going to make them one hundred million dollars. And that's all the world is going to remember. The world doesn't really remember all the times you tried that it didn't work out. They only remember that one time you did try and it did work out. And that that's what makes you a legend. OK, so let's make some legendary kids. Let's stop feeding mediocrity. I'm sick of that crap. We're better than that. All right. So do me a favor. If you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Don't forget, you can watch this podcast, listen to it on Spotify. Just look up the Dr. Boyce Breakdown if you uh, if you want to listen to it on Spotify. And also, if you go to my website, uh, BoyceWatkins.com, you can see some of the stuff we have going on. If you know in the Black Business School, we created the first ever Black financial therapy department to dig into areas like financial trauma, uh, financial anxiety. Uh, we're partnering with the best therapists uh, in the world, the best financial experts, and we are digging into the psychological barriers that keep us from building Black wealth. And uh, that's a lot of what is contained in, in the book I just wrote called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. I'm going to do a book tour uh, in the spring, in the summer. So uh, when I come to your city, I'll let you guys know. So feel free to uh, look the book up on Amazon if you'd like to get a copy now. All right, guys. So have a good day. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out. And I'll see you soon. Take care now. Peace.